This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services located on Kern Street in Exeter, Pennsylvania. Springtime is here and that means it is time to start thinking about getting your yard looking its best. Do you really want to be in your yard all weekend digging things up and planting something new? Wouldn't you rather spend time with your family by the pool or doing fun things with the kids this summer? Instead of cutting the grass, let the professionals at Keller's handle the hard stuff. They are family-owned and operated and looking forward to assisting you. Visit them on their social media page for more information. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. We're rolling. Dude. We're rolling. Kulik. Dude, what's up? Not much. I uh I'm 10 minutes late, so I felt bad. But here we are. We are here. <laughs> here I was worried about holding you up. Yeah, no, it was it's all good. It's all good. I was saying earlier, I'm so uh so scattered because I've been very busy lately with producing uh, a new song coming out and I just released the song colors and I'm also producing a bunch of different mm -hmm. other artists at the moment. So I'm all over, but trying to get it all done at once. Well, yeah, you have to clone yourself. I mean, I guess your, uh, your song scatterbrain fits you well. Today it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, we, we talked, I think it was two years ago. It'll be two years uh, in October. And I feel like, so much has changed um and there are, are some things that are still the same too it's like you know we're still kind of uh i mean we're out of a pandemic but like they're still like it's always kind of creeping around in the background but uh much better than it was two years ago in 2020 because that's when it started um we talked you had just released or right prior to your release of um your album um yelling in a quiet neighbor quiet neighborhood i think i screwed up last time trying to say it <laughs> um but yeah i mean a lot has changed so i mean let's get into it uh you just released a, a newish song uh colors it was a it's like a re remake of an original one of, of yours yes. um you put out a new album earlier this year which if the year ended right now if the year ended today i would have that album as like album of the year <laughs> well thank you thank you i'm glad i we never got to talk uh since i released it so uh i appreciate that that comment from you yeah uh that's uh what what could i comment on first first of all it's much different since then um i feel much more uh i'm slowly getting better at being social it's still kind of difficult but better than that time period um my life's much different um but yeah much different for sure and then um colors just released colors um it was basically just a complete remake of the song from 2018 that i have called colors but i wanted to make it more like the genre that my album is in everyone i know will die it's the name of that album so I wanted to redo that and i've been wanting to redo colors for a while especially since it's the most like um you know people relate to that one the most it's the most streamed like whatever you know take away the numbers like most people talk to me about that song so i wanted to do another version and once i got done the everyone on the will die album i was like it would be perfect to just make a hard rock version of this and most people i know are working out to it anyway so i was like let's just make one that like power lifters can probably use <laughs> you know but, and I also love that genre, man. I mean, it's not exactly the Everyone I Know Will Die album genre. It's not alternative. It's way more like rock. But I, I love that that uh, style of music. And I've never really released anything under Kulik like that. So that's why I wanted to do it. That's cool. And I, I mean, I think um, 
um, the, the newest release, um, Everyone I Know Will Die, is probably some of your most, and I could be wrong, but some of your most honest uh, material to date. I feel like there's a lot of self-reflecting, a lot of uh, uh, just kind of you putting yourself out there. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's true to say this is the most honest, because I do feel like I'm that honest with every record I've done. Like, Y'all in a Quiet Neighborhood was a divorce record. Like, everyone can tell that. It's very easy. I was very reflective in that. Definitely uh, honest in that. Uh, this one... I think I, when I was writing Yelling in a Quiet Neighborhood, I was writing after the fact, kind of in reflection, whereas this one was it's in the moment of what's going on in my life, what uh, traumatic experiences are happening and what I'm writing about, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and uh, it was in the moment much more. But I would also say being an artist, the more I keep writing, the better I get at being honest, but also making it be universal. You know, okay. the longer I'm writing, I feel like I'm getting better at that. I really appreciate that you, that's the number one thing people say. And it's like the biggest compliment of like, oh, you were, you know, very self-reflective and honest. I'm like, yeah, don't you miss honesty in music? Like, I'm glad you, <laughs> glad you enjoy that then. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what I meant too. Like, you know, you mentioned you're in the moment. It's, it's like where you are right now. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of songs. Um, and I do want to get into my favorite song. Um, I think it was called don't think about me. Um, I mean, I still get chills every time I hear that song. I listened to it three times on the way home uh, from work tonight. Um, and literally chills every time. Um, and I think, I think that song really uh, relates to what I say, you being honest, because, you know, you mentioned the, Yelling in a Quiet Neighborhood being a divorce album. So that's that's not a secret, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Don't Think About Me. Um, that was such a... I don't even know how to explain it. Maybe you can explain it for me, since it's your song. Um, don't Think About Me is a song that could have been the last song on, on Yelling in a Quiet Neighborhood. You know, that was like... Th that was the song that was written about the time period kind of of yelling in a quiet neighborhood but a year passed and it was kind of like all right where do i stand with this person now like what would i say to them if we were on talking terms and that ended up being like i i honestly just hope that you don't think about me much and, and that you're having a good life because i don't want any more like i was done with the pain of it i was done with feeling like shit about it and i wanted to kind of put more closure on it for myself and you know when the that, that that was technically my first breakup was my divorce so it was like i i i didn't know how to process it and i think people who might not know how to process it or even people who have been in relationships and are going through a breakup there's like this phase or decision to either you're going to be friendly and be able to talk or you're going to just completely forget about this person. So I was kind of like a play on that of like, you know, like you're going to forget me. Like, I hope you forgot me because that was the point of this. If not, it's like, you know, I just hope there's no more pain. And I hope, you know, it's just questions you think like the lyrics in there, like, you know, do you think about the time that you wasted or do you think about the damage I caused? Do you think well of me? Do you think poor of me? Honestly, I don't care. I just hope that you are doing well and better. And I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, f I hear that song and I feel like, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, you may not have liked the outcome. Um, and, you know, people grow apart for whatever reason, but like, you mean, it's like you felt bad that it happened and you just hope that like the, the pain that they were feeling was, was gone and that they moved on and they were happy with where things were now. Um, yeah, I just think it's a it's a great great song. I hope everyone um, goes. And Thank listen. you. That's the that's the outlier on there for sure too, because that's the acoustic ballad on that record. Like the rest are totally punk rock, all yeah. of them. And then that one's like the one that was, you know. And I thought it fit on everyone I know will die as well, because first of all, it's what I was going through, which I always write pretty much chronologically, and then I release them in order for the most part. 
like in the order of what I'm writing so that you get the clear picture. There's no confusion. But, um, you know, the whole concept of that record is just we're not going to be here one day. And I, I thought it fit, you know, somebody could take it any other way, you know, of like if they lost their partner suddenly, like, you know, like, could that be a song from them to you, from you to them? I think it, I think it has multiple meanings for sure. Yeah, talk about the uh, the title because it's a little grim. You know, everyone I know will die. I mean, obviously that's the truth. We're all going to die one day. Um, I didn't do it for clickbait, just to let you know. I didn't do it just because I thought it was this loud title, like "Ooh, it's a punk rock record, so edgy." I did not do it for that reason. <laughs> um, so I'll give this in the most condensed way possible. I was in and out of the hospital with my partner april because she was diagnosed suddenly with epilepsy i was in the hospital with her basically she would just have seizures and then they wouldn't stop till we got to the hospital and they gave her out of it and it has to be an iv i can't give her pills like it had to be in the hospital so but but we didn't understand what was happening and she got diagnosed she was seizure free for six months and then after that they switched medicine and she started having seizures once a month for like five months straight those five months is when this record was written so the whole thing was pretty much just me having panic attacks uh freaking out like trying to figure out what what i can do to be a good partner and caregiver uh and i was in the hospital all the time so like when we were there it was always at like you know 10 at night depending on what day of the week people were always dying around me they're, they're always understaffed it was just a mess so all these songs were like you know half of them i wrote literally in notepads while running to try to not have panic attacks to try to like get my mind off of it the other half were like in hospital rooms where i was just thinking about that and i remembered that when i was young that was the first thing i panicked about because my grandfather died and i was like 15 and i didn't really understand the concept of it which i should have at that age i believe but i didn't and i was like I, I that was immediately the source of my anxiety and panic it was the start of it and it just it reminded me of that and i was like i'm just gonna write a record about what i'm going through and then when i listened to all the songs you know like i kept seeing everybody you know being sick in the hospital and no one really being able to help and no one really knowing like you know there's doctors but we only know so much kind of thing that was the same thing that was going on with, with april's situation where she was having seizures once a month and they had no idea why you know i was trying to do research and figure it out but like there's really you know you have these questions of why is this happening this is hell how do i get out of this i can't get out of this but you also have to be strong for the other person because they're going through it not you and then it was like all right i need to write a record also so all the songs were written like that kevin eiserman uh co-produced the whole record i basically sent him demos he recorded a bunch of guitars a bunch of drums sent it back to me and then when i wasn't like completely panicked sitting directly next to april like to make sure nothing was happening i was up here like trying to finish the record and that's how we got the whole entire record done and i eventually was like to kevin and april i was like i should just name this record everyone i know will die and they and i was joking and they were like that is a fantastic name and when people listen to it they'll realize it's not like this grim message it's like everyone i know will die so you better fucking live you know <laughs> and yeah. it's supposed to kick you in the ass it's not supposed to be like everyone i know will die this is a sad subject i mean it's sad but it's not supposed to be a you know uh you, you, but when you're finished listening to it i feel like there should be some sort of resolve and some self-reflection and not just like a, i sat there just to feel sorry and sad right i agree and self-reflecting is a, a something i really thought about you know when i listened to the the record uh is april okay now she's been seizure free for nine months um okay. yeah i i sort of figured out when she was having the seizures was during a certain time period every month so we were like well let's try to figure that out and figured out that we think it's catamenial epilepsy um which is relating to the cycle so we were like well let's just try different things and eventually this medicine has been working which is good um it kind of feels like a band-aid it's a very good band-aid but i think um th there's more to learn about it and there's so many different types of epilepsy and i never knew that either 
I also, there's one in 26 people in the world have epilepsy. Like that's not a really low number. It's not high, but it's not like low. Right, yeah. So it was just a bunch of learning, you know, it, it, yeah. But yeah, she's, she's been good. She's doing her own thing. She's uh, her, she has an EP out and we're finishing her album this week actually. Um, and then she's releasing that this year too. So yeah, she's performing. I'm in her band. I'm performing. She's in my band. We have the same band. So it's been, it's been cool, a little nerve wracking, but for the most part, it's been, you know, very grateful that it ha it's not so insane anymore. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, it's like you look over your shoulder every day to see if it's, uh, you know, going to come after you. Yeah. And you know, it made me think about my life as well, but like, you know, she, she has them um, only between nine and 10 PM at night. She had one in the morning between nine and 10. So it's always between nine and 10. So, you know, right after the seizures, you're just worried all day, but especially worried between nine and 10 and you don't really know what to do. If something happens, you're just like, okay, well, you know, I'll do all the things you're supposed to do. We just put them on their side. Do not put anything in their mouth make sure that they're not on their back, you know, and then, after a minute, she comes out of it, and then we got to rush to the hospital before she has another one because she keeps having them. That's the problem with hers. It's not just like she has a seizure and she's good. It's she'll keep having them until she has enough Ativan in her system. Like the the worst one, she had five. Wow. In like three hours, and That's it was insane. like literally rushing to that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was crazy. We're actually trying to make some type of art with it because we have a lot of footage about it um but that's more for her project but she's she's been good and i love writing music with her and she's dope and definitely check her out too yeah i mean i remember when she joined uh the band uh a few years ago i mean i, f I think i said this to you before i felt like she almost was the missing piece yeah. for for you guys yeah. turned out to be in my life as well which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's funny because last time we spoke um you know that was kind of like new um it wasn't for everyone to know um so yeah it's 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 funny what uh, a couple years years does yeah yeah but like i said I'm, I'm glad she's good now her music's been doing good we've been having a good time and uh yeah but i'll tell you what i'll never i mean that record is insane to think about how it was written because normally you know i write almost all my records have either been drunk or not drunk but drinking or smoking loose i'm writing the record you know mm -hmm. just having carefree but also being introspective and then young in a quiet neighborhood most of it was sober because i was going through the divorce and i was like i want to be clear level-headed i don't want to do substances and then everyone in the will die was completely sober because i couldn't risk being under the influence and have to drive to the hospital sure of course yeah so i mean like with weed i i started smoking when i was 25 i'm 30 now i i didn't smoke for a year plus like maybe a year and two months now and i basically didn't, didn't drink for like eight months either like now i like randomly have a a little little sip or two but <laughs> but um but yeah it's it's uh i've had to make sure that i was level-headed especially for those months because you know i i always try to make sure I'm safe with substances. Cause I really feel like I have an addict mind where like, especially when things are going tough, like, dude, you know how easy it is to just spiral, it, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm pretty proud of myself, honestly, with doing that because I always felt when I was a kid that I would like, I don't know. I was always worried about being abusing substances. I actually drew myself. They uh, made us draw ourselves where we see ourselves in 20 years. And it was, I drew myself with green hair and like this huge, 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 like nose the way the smokers get when they smoke like cigars mm -hmm. and I was in front of like a liquor store and I was like breaking bottles and stuff. And it was an elementary school. They made me redraw it. Like my parents came in, they were like, uh, we have a little bit of concerns, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not that. So that's good. Yeah, that's great. I mean, was that uh, prevalent in your surroundings? I mean, not like immediate family, but like just uh, the world that. Yeah, you grew up around my school was known for weed and heroin for sure but i um really started drinking at like 13 i kind of just snuck it 
uh, if you listen to the song Hydroplane, the whole story is yeah. basically in there. But I snuck it from my house when I was like 13. And then I really like tobacco smoking. And so I've always had, I basically haven't lived sober since I was 13 years old. And then I had to during these like tough times. And then, you know, so I, I, I know I'm such a sensitive, like, person that i really feel the effects i also feel the effects when i'm coming off of you know like drinking smoking doesn't do it as much so yeah it was definitely around um i don't think it influenced it that much though it, i was much more introverted about it i never did it with people i didn't really care it wasn't for that i'm not trying to socialize and have a good time i'm trying to just relax myself i've always been trying to just relax myself so you know. got it yeah yeah, I know how you feel about um, trying to stay sober too. Uh, like recently, uh, my wife is uh, pregnant, and we're due in five weeks from today. Um, yeah, and yeah, thanks. It was it's funny because last time that you and I talked back in October of uh, 2020, she was also pregnant, um, and we lost that one a couple, maybe a week or two later. And I almost told you about that. Um, you, like sort we were, you sort of did, but I, I remember we didn't talk about it on the thing, but yeah, yeah, we were just going to, after the fact, and I, you know, it was one of those, it was too early to like, really like, like, I uh, probably shouldn't talk about it cause it's too early, but yeah. So we actually lost that one. And, um, so yeah, so she's five weeks out. So I mean, like technically, I mean, she could go, you know, I mean, it would be still a little early, but, um, it could happen, you know, and you never know, or, you know, God forbid she has, you know, labor like pains or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so I'm kind of like on guard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a PTSD thing with it. I get it, but you got to think good, dude. I mean, I, I have a good feeling about that for you. Hopefully, you know? Yeah. Well, we're at a place now where, you know, even if uh, the baby came early, it's, it's, uh, it would only be five weeks early. So, I mean, should be viable you know so yeah. it's all good it's crazy when you go through something like that you take the precautions for the next yeah. kind of thing you know yeah we had three losses between um our son and uh the one on the way so it's been a interesting two years yeah that's much more common than i think people think you know it's not really talked about that much and you're absolutely right it's a very it's a very lonely experience too um you know, it, it, and that comes from, you know, way back when, when it, like women were made to feel like ashamed because that's all they were in life. They were, you know, um, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's, you're supposed to be, you know, birthing children. Um, and if you couldn't like shame on you, I think it's getting better, but I mean, I think it's like one out of four um, women have a miscarriage or experience that, that type of scenario. And, um, it's really a, a a lonely experience, more so for the woman, like I said, but even for me, I mean, some of my best friends knew what we were going through and, you know, through the losses. And then we, this, this child was actually conceived via IVF. Um, no one asked, they didn't ask like how we were doing, how we were feeling, like how things were going. And I don't know if it was just because they were worried or they were afraid to ask, or it's probably also the fact that everyone else has their, their own shit they're going through. Um, I think they kind of just don't know what to say, man, because again, this is not the same thing, but like when I was, you know, it was literally hell for five months with the seizures with April. And I mean, I have friends, family, and they're great and they're great support systems, but it felt so lonely too, where it's kind of like, oh, you know, well, they'll figure it out. I'm like, no, they won't. Like they're not. And, you know, like, or like the, the things that they would say wouldn't really help anyway. And then it got to the point where it was just like, oh, this is just something that's happening every month now. So I guess we'll just not ask anymore. Or right. I, I don't know what it was, but I, I sympathize with that because, you know, the only people I could talk to was like more like on her side of the family. And you want to be, strong and okay for them as well you know like her mom like i felt so bad like her mom was like tough basically to me like seemingly fine but then i find out later that like she like was having a really hard time with it you know so she was trying to be like helpful to, for me and she was great she was one of the one person that was like fantastic to the whole thing but most people they didn't even know what to say they're kind of, oh yeah i don't know how i would deal with that 
all right well thanks but maybe just like give me a call and be like vent for an hour like i might not even you know like you might not even have to say anything like just there was one other friend that i talked to carlo who was uh, a co-writer of colors um he had a uh fiance who passed away a couple of years ago and we we kind of wrote colors like some of his parts were totally about that for him and he understood it because he was in the hospital it was a mystery diagnosis where they didn't know what was wrong with her and that was one person that i was like oh thank god you know and we randomly even for april like when we find people that have epilepsy like it's like oh finally we can talk to somebody who kind of goes through this like did you ever find any people who you know i don't mean like a support group or like but kind of you know like other couples that might have gone through it to try to kind of talk about yeah i also i had a friend who had a friend that went through a lot of it um and then but like talking to her was just that's really all i needed like she had never experienced it but like just someone that like would call and check in and just say hey how are things going was enough for me like i just that's that's all i really like ever really wanted i don't i mean yeah to feel like you're cared about within the situation that's exactly what i'm saying too like for me it was more like a you know, I would get to desperation and then have to text somebody. But like, can I call you and like talk to you? It was never the other way of just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I've had the same. Uh, maybe people don't want to bring more negativity into their life. I don't I don't know. Or, or I honestly think, you know, I, now I'm thinking about it. I think just a guess. But if people don't go through something so serious, they don't have the perspective on it. So they don't know what you might need. Right. Cause that happened with me as well, you know, where they don't get it. They just don't, you know, they don't understand what, what you could possibly need in order to get help. I mean, I wrote songs pretty much and talked to like three different people in my life. That was pretty much what I did throughout it, you know, but yeah. Yeah. The, the feel sorry for myself part of of me was like you know oh poor me like no one else cares and they don't know but the the realistic part of me was like you know what i mean this isn't uncommon um everyone else has their own shit going on whether it's you know we're living in a world where we're in a pandemic and i had you know the friends i mentioned like you know the grandmothers have passed away and they were dealing with different losses and so it just like again like the feel sorry for myself was like what was me but it's not even the feel sorry for yourself man like i personally think both of those parts are so important if you skip that part and just go right to the you know like i can like power through it you, you're you're now suppressing and not even going through any of the emotions of it you know yeah. like i went through that for sure where i was like like why is this happening to, to, to me to her to us uh, you know, like, did I deserve this from, you know, whatever I've done in the past? Like, did I, you know, like, did, did you know, like, like all, all those types of questions and you process those informations, the, uh, the information and the sadness and whatever. And then you get on the, the other side, the realness side that you were saying, which is more like a, okay, you know what, like there's, there's worse, um, which doesn't help the situation, but if you have the perspective and you know other people who are also going through something similar or worse, it makes you feel not as alone. And you realize that with everything, for some reason, the more time that passes, it heals. Yeah, you're right. It's when you're in that situation, though, you don't want to fucking hear that. <laughs> of course. Just let some time pass. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, just it'll get better. Yeah, let me start counting. One it gets easier, yeah. Two, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's just it's one of those life's life's hard, dude. Life is you know, and they don't teach you that. They don't they teach, don't you, teach that. you how hard it is. <laughs> and I you know, and I, I sound like an old man saying like because like you know, our parents before us always said, like, you know, you have it easier, you don't know what hard is, or whatever it might be. I, I just feel like life today is a lot different for our generation than it was for them not and not not taking any uh, credit away from what they went through and what they dealt with but it's just different um but i feel like this is just like the way life is now and technology and the news it's just always something that's just like hitting you in the face all the time and it's just you never get a break <laughs> there's different struggles now but it's still struggles you're yeah. still human you still have to go through the process of you know from life to death which is one whole thing 
And then, like you said, the actual, uh, you know, uh, experience that you have, depending on the time period you're born, I still feel like it's it's still very, very difficult. It's hard to keep up with everybody, keep up with everything. Um, and yeah, I feel the same way as you do. Like, I, I literally feel like an old man. Like whenever, you know, a lot of the interviews I've been having, when they're talking about social media and stuff, and it ends up being like me, like sounding like an old guy. It's like, I don't want to do it. And I can't believe that people don't know that this is fake and the algorithm and blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, it's silly, but that's also still a mental struggle, you know, especially when it's your job, you know, like, yeah, yeah you're not out like you can't compare it to a past generation. I really don't think you can. It doesn't matter who had it worse or who had it better. It's still, uh, it's still Different. the human condition. It's still the human condition, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not being, um, you know, drafted to go to war, you know, thankfully. Right. Not yet right. anyways, but like, so that's a great part of life. Right. We don't have to worry about that. Um, so it's just every, it's just every generation. It's just different. It's just a different, I just feel like with the technology and the advancements in it, you know, the, the small amount of time, let's say the past 10, 15 years, everything's changed so quickly. It's like hard to just keep up. Yeah. And, I think and then I going faster and faster. Yeah. And then I looked at like, I'll look at my like average time on my phone every week, every Sunday, it gives me a, a little update. It's like you spent nine hours on Facebook this past week, and it's like holy shit! Like, what if I spent those nine hours like working out or anything else? Yeah. <laughs> how, what, what better? How, how would my life be better? And it's like, do you, do you feel like you're on it because you have to be with like your job and your career? Because when is somebody talking about it? Just like they go on to go on, but like they're not you know a creative or somebody who has to like okay like for example if people don't know this just quick update like as an artist if i post something on instagram it does better with the algorithm with hashtags it does better depending on what time i post whatever so i need to know those things I already don't want to know those things have to know those things okay so i'm not being a musician i'm, I'm now being a marketer right right uh, you have to choose where you're marketing it to um how much money you can spend, what age group, what interest they have, whatever. Then on top of that, it does better with the algorithm if you interact with other profiles. It does better with the algorithm if you comment back on everybody. So now I need to be on there because I need to comment back. I nest, I kind of just comment with the heart and whatever. But like, and I, and I appreciate my fans. I love my fans. I, I I talk to them a lot. Typically not on social media, but for the algorithm, I have to do that. So I end up being on there way more than I would like to be. But I try to go on only to post and then to respond to comments and then I get off. But again, it does better for the algorithm if I'm on there more. Mm -hmm. So it's like tough. I don't understand people who don't need to be on there, why they go on there. Is it because they feel like they're like left, like do they not have enough going on in their physical world that they feel like they're left out and need to go on the digital world and kind of keep up? Like that's the part I would love to know because if I didn't need to be on there and I always say this, but I don't know if it's true. If I didn't need to be on there for my career, I don't think I'd be on it. Like I hate TikTok. I'm never on TikTok. I cannot stand it. It's fast paced. It makes you watch the whole video because they say something in the beginning that makes you watch to the end. It's all mind games and it makes your like ADD go way worse and then they advertise for ADD for medicine and then you have to self-diagnose yourself saying you have ADD and now you're taking medicine that a doctor didn't even tell you that you have it <laughs> like there's so many problems with this for me yeah. it's like, like I don't understand why the average person not an average is not bad but the the average person why they would choose to be on these socials I, I don't get it yeah I'm probably guilty of both um uh and I mean for for my job yeah kind of not not as much as it was for like when I was in radio, because back when I, back then when I was in advertising and things like that, like I was constantly like, who's doing what? You know, where are the events at? You know, who needs to advertise? Things like that. Um, but also, I mean, I'm, I'm still like in a sales type of role at Axelrad, so it's still kind of like, hey, you know, do you need, you know, marketing and, and t-shirts and and or or, you know, branding and where you can do have a retail store in your store and how can I make you money based off what I sell you. Um, but definitely for, you know, promoting this platform and the, the Popco project and. Um, but you ever go on, do that and get off? 
you know, or do you? I definitely do both. I definitely. When are you on? Are you on a couch, kind of just like scrolling? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do that every now and then too, and then I literally get so angry at myself about three minutes after that, where I'm like, like I'll be talking with April or whatever in the living room, and then we'll take a break from recording, go down in the living room, and then next thing you know, I'm just on my phone. I'm like, why am I on my phone? Like I could be doing something else, and I'll put it down, and then we'll both like consciously try to do that, but. It is that addicting. It literally feels like I'm just carrying around a drug in my pocket. And But what's funny is all the things I said to you are true. I don't really want to be on it. So why is it that my brain wants to keep going on it? Like, there's no way that is healthy. No, there's the fear of missing out too, I think. You know, Pete, you just, who's doing what? Like, are they, are they doing something constantly new though too, dude. Like, I can go on it. It's a brand new thing. It's not like you go on, it's the exact same thing again. You right. know, it's like... So it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly hoping for more like regulation. I think it, like you said, it moves so fast. There was like no regulation, but I will say every single person I talk to about it, they're not like, I haven't talked to one person that's been like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never talked to one person like, I love being on it. I really love this platform. Like they might like certain people they follow, but they, they will always say the same thing you just said. They're like, I really don't like how much I'm on it. Yep. And it's like, all right, well, we're kind of losing the self-control here. Like, dude, are you a little scared about that? Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I hope it all goes away. Just, just one day, just stops existing. No, no, having because there's too much money involved. No, it could. It, it could totally crash where like servers go down and all the memory goes away. You know, I forget. There's something that happened like that in history. It was like apparently the biggest. I wish I knew it. I don't know the, the name of it, but there was apparently like this huge, massive library and it got wiped because like the same exact thing that we're doing, it's like too much information and eventually gets wiped and you lose this whole, you know, like in history, you lose this whole part of history because it was all digital and they don't have anything from it. So it's like the theory that that will happen again. It, it's a very, I, I have to, I forget what it's called. I'll have to email you it after. I, okay. Yeah. Or, or text me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll send it to you on Facebook so I can get you back on there. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Just what I need. I can't stand that. When people message me on social media, I'm like, damn it, I'm back on here now. <laughs> <laughs> Would you consider yourself emo at all? <sighs> um, people categorize me in that. My music could fit that. I think it's very hard to put a label on, on me as a person or the music. Uh, I'm, I'm something I'm different. I don't know if it's emo, but it's, uh, it does, it's very hard to fit into a specific lane, which has been a, a problem for me in my career, honestly, because I have to like try to do that. And it's very important to do that. Um, but I mean, I was never like, I didn't put like eyeliner on and go to school like that when I was young or anything. Um, I enjoy doing that now for shows and random events and whatever. Uh, but, but I also went through the same type of like, you know, like I loved screamo music when I was younger. Like, like what considers emo, you know, like what's well, that like, emotional, you know, type of, uh, well, if, I, if it's emotional, then yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just talked to Scooter Award from cold and he, he called himself emo just because like, you know, he's emotional and, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think his music at all from cold is emo, but just the fact that he's an emotional individual, he, he, uh, in a text message, he called himself emo. No, I'm, I'm an empath, which also makes you very emotional, mm -hmm. but emo to me is more of like somebody who I always viewed it as somebody who is emotional, but like beyond control, like you don't have the tools yet i think you're supposed to like kind of grow out of emo emo is like when you're young and in your teens and you're enraged and you don't know how to process your emotions yet and you're just like lashing out and you're hurting yourself and you know like those are things i've done when i was younger but now i'm not emo anymore i used to be emo but i've grown to try to be a more balanced person emotionally your buddy joe cavison would say otherwise he, he thinks would, I'm emo, huh? No, no. He would tell you oh. that emo never dies. You know, you don't you don't grow out of being emo. I mean, he's he's a mid thirty year old uh, father uh, hosting emo nights. Well, Very it's successful. Under there. It's under there, you know. 
it's like if I ran track and field in high school, but I don't run anymore, you know, like I'm still that kid, but like, yeah. I'm not anymore, you know, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think emo is supposed to be a teenage phase, I will okay. say. And you can like it afterwards. I love it. I do too. But yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting, you know, that's the problem with categories. And I, I'm, I would like to talk about this in a serious manner. And I, I mean, we are, but it's, that's the same problem for me with, um, like i released colors you know it was released in june which is pride month and i had so many people like asking me like oh are you a part of the community are you you know like what are you and and it's just all so like new to me and and i was like why why are we trying to put me in a category like i don't i don't i don't necessarily like taking a human-made word and then shoving someone into that box you know, whether it's for that, whether it's emo, whatever it is, I just don't really necessarily like trying to categorize people. I think sometimes people like that to feel like they're not alone and to have a community of people that are like them. But for me, I just, I never, I never really liked that. So yeah, I don't know why I brought that up. I believe it was just because of the emo thing. And I was like, emo is just a made up word. <laughs> no, I saw, I saw that question. Someone asked you, cause you were, you were doing the, the release for the song and I saw someone yeah. ask you that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is, it is interesting that someone would just ask you that based on, you know, a, a song being called colors. And I, and I don't know the history of the song or the meaning behind it. Um, I don't know if you ever like kind of, portrayed that to be that type of song but um the song wasn't written for that but what i've been going through recently personally and with identity i wanted to release it and then make the artwork about that like the picture the image is definitely that and i wanted to make the message more so about that but it wasn't like that back when i wrote it i wasn't this open and free of a person back when i wrote that I might have been that person but this is i feel a little bit more different but uh, yeah i just felt like it was strange like it's just a, again i don't i don't like i don't want to offend anybody either that's the other problem like the way i feel about it i don't want it to offend somebody sure um because i don't have the same struggles that other people have um you know somebody who might have came out when they were younger somebody who is a boy going to a girl somebody who's a girl going to a boy somebody who's a lesbian somebody who is bi they're, they're all completely different experiences depending on what age depending on uh you know how open you are about it how honest you are with yourself about it um but i think it's something very important to talk about so that somebody can kind of figure it out on their own and if you want to eventually tell people that's fine but i just i don't like the culture of just feeling like you're able to ask somebody that like it's such a personal question and it's such a and maybe the person you're asking doesn't know yet that's the thing that i'm like i'm like you know you know or, or and also i think i think that it's very fluid i think it fluctuates maybe today is this answer but maybe in two weeks it's this answer so yeah it's a it's a difficult one for me but I just thought it was very strange that it's like so acceptable to just kind of like ask and i mean i don't think they meant anything bad i mean they're a fan of mine obviously sure, so yeah. it's like, you know but that's why i just kind of was like yeah somewhere under the umbrella i don't know <laughs> 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 i'm like well what is he what is uh-huh yeah well hey if it feeds the mystery and it makes people listen to music whatever but that's not the purpose right. <laughs> i will say this is very organically me and i talked to april about it a lot i mean like like she's like the only person that really has been helping me navigate it and i'm really appreciative of that <sighs> yeah and and it's something that i've always thought about and questioned and toyed with um throughout my life and then kind of like there were certain years where I didn't really think about it, and there's other years that I more so thought about it and so it's been nice to have a partner who kind of understands it again because again it's two different experiences completely different experiences so but it's cool to be able to talk to somebody about it and kind of let me form my own thoughts on it as the time passes that's it understood yeah and I, you mentioned, um, you know, yeah, footage of 
of her going through her struggles and um that kind of reminded me of the fact that did you just put out some kind of like documentary uh, or, or video documentation on your own about something yes um i released a documentary about basically the remaking of colors okay. so it's eight minutes it's not long um uh, i have basically eight minutes of footage of me explaining why i wanted to remake it a little bit about my identity experience but not too much about it but enough um and then it shows kind of like me tracking vocals me doing guitars me doing some drums and kind of uh just showing the process and and also like a day in the life of me and uh april here you know what it takes to be a you know and not older but we're not kids anymore like we have a dog so like you have to pack all the stuff for the dog you got to go to the studio and then you you know you go there you do your thing you come back um and there's some footage of me as like a kid in there so it's a, it's a cool little documentary um i really enjoyed making it and johnny did a great job filming it and editing it as well so that's out if anybody wants to watch that i'm guessing social media youtube all that kind of stuff yeah it's on youtube it's just on youtube cool. um but if you search cool like colors alternative it comes up Very but cool. yeah, it's, it's on youtube um yeah yeah i thought i saw it. i didn't have a chance to watch it but i, I always um I like those. I, I like when the artist talks about you know, who they are and you know why they wrote what they wrote and what the song might be about. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about the songs that way because they want to be able to leave it open-ended for whoever hears it and apply it to their lives how they see fit. Um, but I do like, I like knowing what the songs are about. So that's. Well, you know, I think people don't like talking about it because I think even for the artist, the meaning changes sometimes, you know, like that song's changed for me multiple times. I know exactly where, like when we wrote colors, I remember I wrote the verses pretty much myself and I was absolutely hating what I was doing. And I was like, I'm just trying to make music, but these are the only songs that RCA likes. So I need to do this and I need to work with these people and the people I worked with were great, but I missed producing music. So like all the verses were totally that. And then the chorus I co-wrote pretty much with Carlo and Dave Katz. And, you know, it was, it was much more of a, we're going to make this chorus something that is very universal that everybody would understand. And we were kind of like trying to make up, well, why can't we make the chorus something about like, you know, when other people don't get you, I get you. That's pretty much it, you know? And so I was kind of writing that for myself of like, I get you, like my inner child still, hears you and understands it but you know a lot of people don't like saying their origins because someone who has a different meaning to that song might not be like oh well to that artist that's not what it means but i will say throughout the years it has completely changed and you can interpret it differently depending on where you're at in your life which mm -hmm. is so fucking cool about music yeah, i love that about music that's one of my favorite things too yeah I, I don't write music i don't create music um but i am very drawn to other people's music it depends what you're going through in life too you know like i've been obsessed with listening to tom petty lately like love tom petty it's summertime i mean i've been listening to him for a long time my whole life but he's like my favorite artist but especially recently like if i'm trying to relax i'm just shuffling tom petty and putting him on in the background like and you know 16 year old me would be like fuck that you're putting on, <laughs> you know you're putting on a day to remember and you're yeah. driving 80 miles an hour with your you know your sub on and you're blasting it through the town and you know like it was is much different depending on where you're at you know even those songs like you know going from being in a relationship for 10 years 11 years with somebody and then being with somebody else and now listening to those songs again completely different meanings same mm -hmm. exact songs you know but you, you hear new things in there because your life changed yeah so it's it's cool i think it's cool yeah and you said you were you were signed to rca records that had to be pretty wild to a degree <laughs> it was unique okay. i don't feel much of a difference like like my transition from going from rca to signing with nc my manager's label i kept still just doing exactly what i do um 
I loved working with Jared Gatelli, who was at RCA. I miss working with him. He's not with them anymore. I'm trying to work with him more still. Um, but yeah, when I was signed to RCA, I pretty much had the Hydroplane EP come out. I got the Sleeping With Sirens tour, which I believe was still from my manager, knowing the manager of Sleeping With Sirens. Um, so that still wasn't really affiliated with RCA. And then I got the Andy Black tour, and I'm not sure why I got that tour. I'm not sure who, I think my booking agent got that one, but I'm not sure what the reason was for that. Um, but it was cool to have the big name behind you, and you definitely feel validated. But what I will say to any artist that's trying to get signed or feel like that's the answer is it totally is not because nothing really changes unless unless you're popping off already without them because if you don't you know you're just on a huge roster of artists and you're at the bottom because you just got signed and no one's really paying attention and your funding is limited so the only thing that really matters for an artist career to pop off is just for it to connect with people and then marketing money that's it and you got to be able to play live but that's even becoming less and less because you know you can just for some reason people people will go see djs live they're like cool yeah. with it, you know so but yeah it, it was a very interesting experience there um and i also just i really miss producing my own music but at their level they wanted they didn't want somebody who was 27 years old producing their first album ever basically on rca and they had people at their dispense to produce you and wanted to work with you because you were signed to RCA. So a lot, I, I found a lot of people were working with me just because of that title. You know, I found once I left there, okay, here's the people who actually believe in me and like me. And here's the people who just wanted to be in the industry and thought that I would be, you know, a good way to open their door. Like, here you go, come on in. But right. yeah, I'm not bitter about it at all. I mean, it's something that my future children will know. And, and, and it's, uh, I've had crazy experiences, but again, I've had crazy experiences after RCA as well. I got the Spill Canvas tour, which was fantastic. I released an album um, and I'm still doing it. And it, it feels so distant now. Like the time just passes so fast. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like all the, like these are all my albums, like on the back, you know, like there's so many of them now. It's like, there used to just be Hydroplane <laughs> when I started, <laughs> you know? That's crazy. Yeah, you mentioned earlier when we first started too that you're working on producing other people's music. Mm -hmm. uh, what's what's that been like? That honestly has been so fun. Um, and I don't know if it's because I couldn't really produce too much of everyone on No Will Die as much as I wanted to because of everything happening with April's health. But I was able to still produce other people because it's kind of what I do on the side, but it's becoming more of a main thing. I love making people's vision come to life and them trusting me to do that people basically come here april's like the psychologist and therapist and gets what that we need to get out of them i start making something then she produces a little bit i switch with her we get the lyrics down we record we basically do a song in two days and people will fly from here like we have people come from la we people drive from new york and i'm in central pa so but yeah, we, I love producing other people's music and it makes me not feel so pressured to be like, oh, does this sound like a cool like, song? Like, it's like, this is their song. So it's like, let me just try to tap into your vision. It makes, it makes making my record better. Like I'm, I'm working on something new now, like it makes it better, so much better. And yeah, if there's other musicians and artists who want to, you know, work with us we're totally down to do that and it's it's been a blast like i've really learned to love it again that's cool yeah i've been working on april's record a lot like she was the first person who really like took a chance on me being a, a real producer of hers like once i got once i released yelling in a quiet neighborhood and then once i started working with her we're like we can totally do this for other people so we recorded a bunch of people we recorded this girl named jackie june recorded terrell and rye um who are recording this kid named nathan martinez who's coming here next month and there's a there's a bunch of other people that are supposed to be coming i'm also recording a band um called awakening autumn they're like these young kids from oregon and they just send me stems and then i produce more stuff and i mix and master it and they're like in love with that process so there's so many different ways to do it 
but it's it's all surrounded by music and i'm trying to do that as much as i can so i don't have to work with like domino's pizza or some shit you know? <laughs> yeah, don't do that again yeah yeah no i know i know but yeah it's it's been it's been it's very interesting the life like being a 30 year old freelancer you know not having the stable income but like you know people from the outside like oh you have this dream life you always get to work on music and whatever i'm like you only see that part and that's fine but like there's totally way more to it than that and there's a grind there's a hustle and then there's also the challenge of trying to be a balanced human being and take breaks mm -hmm. you know you're, I mean, you're very active on social media, even though you hate it to an extent. I mean, you're always kind of um, allowing others and fans of yours to see into your life. And um, that has to be uh, a little, uh, I don't want to say exhausting, but maybe that's the right word. Um, I don't find that part exhausting. Like, really? I, I'm on my phone to post 20 minutes max. Like I already have the idea that like I'm trying to do as much as I can not on my phone on socials not on my phone but not 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 on my phone but not on socials use the notepad app to make the caption that way I'm not on there I get all the links in a notepad app so that way I don't need to you know mess around with that I try to edit it all like basically either not on social media or I'll edit it and save it as drafts so that I don't need to do it and I like sharing parts of my life because i really think that is what made me interested in the artists that i like you know to see that look behind oh how is he doing it you know the main reason i actually started doing the social media thing when i was younger was i was so mad at how fake everything was and i was like i'm going to show everybody like how much of a magic trick this is like it's all smoke and mirrors it's all lighting it's all marketing it's all you know it's all which is fine i, I accept that's what it is now but as a kid, I was so mad about that. And I was like, if I can make someone learn that younger, it will make them more successful. So here's what I do every day. Here's what I'm working on. You know, ask me whatever you want. I'm rarely really on my phone to answer messages, but I go on once a day just to answer messages, once a day to post. So it seems like I'm active. Like you said, you'll see something from me every day, pretty much on weekdays. And, um, you know, I try to share a balance of here's me working and then here's me in my personal life. So if someone it's mostly for kids, you know, if some of a kid is watching on social media, what I'm doing, they'll see a someone who's a balanced person, you know, someone who has gratitude and, and love and a love for what he does. I think that's important. I think that's so much better than just sharing, you know, just sharing the the amazing parts like if i only showed you when i'm playing shows and have the tours and can't tell you how many musicians i talk to that are like oh this show freaking sucked and blah blah and then they post like oh what an amazing time i mean i'm guilty <laughs> of it too sometimes you know but it's like nah, don't believe everything that you see like just kind of focus on yourself and if people admire you that's great that means you're on to something so just keep being more like you don't try to be what you think is going to make you popular because i'm telling you you're going to be miserable even if it does right yeah. and one last thing i wanted to uh talk to you about um you mentioned you like to produce other people's albums because you don't have to worry about it sounding like a kulik song and i feel like a lot of your music and i love every every single song you've put out but it almost has it has a kulik sound to it and it almost has like a recipe um is there a reason behind that do you foresee yourself maybe taking some risks and making you know some new sounds or are you happy with where you know the songwriting has been and, and how people have um received it and and you're just going to kind of keep doing what you've been doing um i think every song that i've released an album has sounded different like this last record is totally just pop punk and people love that sound and i always have this debate in my head of like do i just make another pop punk record people love that probably get me better chances of getting on tours like that way you're more in the lane that kind of thing and then the other half of me is like i just want to make whatever it is i want to sit down 
and whatever I make, if it's a six minute song, that's like just acoustic, I want to do that. If it's, you know, and the battle's always, you know, is it marketable? Will my fans still like this? If someone who knows ghost colors and hole in my head, will they like, don't think about me, you know? Um, like th that, that's always a really big challenge for me, but I will say I do see more of a more twists and turns coming up. I, I have about, I have a folder of songs I'm working on for a new album and they're not like anything that I put out under Kulik. Now, Jacob Kulik, before I was on RCA, I'm pretty much taking those and I'm going to put those on steroids and then there's okay. some new ones. Um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of new music. Like, I love Manchester Orchestra's uh, Black Mile to the Surface. Love that record. Um, I mean, like, obsessed with that record at the moment. I, I'm really liking the acoustic guitar. I'm really loving piano. It's not all rock, <laughs> but, but, but there's, there's parts of it. It's very, you know, but to go back to like, basically the origin of the question, I do have a formula. I do have a recipe. And if that's what you're looking for in a cool song, it'll always be in that. I love pop songs. I love hooks. I love repetitiveness. That's always there. That's definitely always there. The production always changes, but the, the main message of the song being transparent and trying to make something really, really catchy. That will still be there. I'm sure. Very cool. And it's June right now. So, I mean, what's in store for Kulik the rest of the year? Any surprises popping up? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have one that I'm very excited about that I have to work on. Um, yeah, it's uh, hopefully going to come out at the end of the summer, but I still have to finish recording it. And it's a feature. And I think it's somebody that people who have seen me live before would be stoked to see that they're on it. Okay. So we'll see that. And then I'm working on the album. Hopefully we'll be finished, you know, December and released sometime early next year. But I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not rush it. There's no rush anymore. I, I love doing this and I want to really indulge the last record. I didn't get to indulge with everything going on, you know, with April's health. I didn't get to like, just sitting here and like, love what i was doing i was in a you know so and even yelling in a quiet neighborhood i was completely in a panic this is the first time i really feel like i might be able to actually completely indulge in what i want to do so that's interesting you know and i'm I'm sure there's you know aspects of those albums that like you know what you're going through like played such an important part in those songs and made them so great but i'm interested and i'm excited to hear you know, the next batch of songs um, in your new headspace. And, you know, hopefully April's health continues to, to stay positive. And um, it, it, that's, that's a, I'm, I'm excited for you. Yeah. It, it's going to be something cool, man, because it's something that I talk to a lot about with April too. Like, you know, I, my main goal is there's two to be always be transparent and to connect with my inner child. And, you know, like being Jacob, like not Jake, not Kulik, but being Jacob, there's a different energy that I never got to show yet. And that's what I'm trying to show on the next album that I'm putting out. It's even in the next single that I'm going to put out with the feature. Uh, it's, it's a song that I wrote back in 2014 and I sent it to them and he was like, yeah, let's do that one. So he loved it. And that's when I was like, all right, I'd love to like continue going that way. So I just wanted to feel, you know, like, I'm still going through very personal things that I need to write about. And those songs also have content that are very personal that I still relate to. So it'll still be there and it'll still feel like, dude, these ones make me, you know, just, yeah, I, I'm very excited and nervous to see the reception of it, you know? And I try to focus just on that and on the fans that love my music and will listen to it no matter what and not, will it do well, well on the algorithm and playlisting right. that's the part that i'm trying to not really think about especially now i'm like i'm, I'm no nah. let's let's just make a good freaking record and see what, what goes 
Well, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm glad you are, man. You've always been a fan. I really appreciate Dude, it. I think, I, I think you may have been my first interview I you ever were. had. Yeah, I was because I was, uh, what was that station? It was the purple 90, station. 92.1. It was alt 92.1 was the name of the station. Um, I remember I had the, the, I had a, a local radio show. It was every Saturday. And I know that the, the program director wanted to kind of fit you in to the station, but like you were still new, I guess. And like, I don't know, you were, you were close enough to our area where we could use that as an angle to like play your music. Uh, unfortunately it was, you know, a Saturday night at nine o'clock, but it gave you a space there and um, he kind of just brought you in. I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't, but um, no one does. it was, it was so wild. Um, I still have it actually. Uh, Dude, you got to send that to me. I would be curious to see what my interview answers are. I'd probably sound like a freaking dipstick. <laughs> do you, I'll send you a, a SoundCloud link. Okay. That's what I have it on. I don't know. If, but, I'm sure you can listen to it even if you don't have, uh, yeah, yeah, you can, but I have it. Okay, so perfect. Yeah, I'll send I remember, it to you. I remember because you were so nervous. Dude, you, you have no so idea. Nervous. And I'm like, dude, I'm nobody. So I don't. I hope he's not nervous because it's me. Like, I'm hoping it's just because it's his first interview because. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. You know, it, it's it's a, my first interview ever. I mean, at the time, like, I had no business even being on the radio. I have an artist coming in. I did the, the research and, you know, um, your background, you're a producer and this, that, the other thing, and you're on RCA records. So I'm like, okay, this is a lot. <laughs> this is right. But right. Well, we, we did it. Look at us. There it is. 2022. Yep. Four years later. I think it was 2018. Yeah. It was 2018. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I do send this to you. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, always have me back. I would love to, uh, you know, always talk about the music and the record and, and, uh, you know, your life and my life. I appreciate these kind of conversations. They're so much better than, uh, you know, the very dry. This, well, that's exactly the why I wanted to continue doing it just because like, you know, you have a radio interview, you can do those. You can, it's the, you know, the two minute, um, you know, where are you from? What's your, what's your name? How'd you get your name? You have a show coming up, you have a CD coming out, blah, blah, blah. But we never hit, get to have those, you know, conversations like we're having right now about, you know, the, the, you know, what's, what kind of headspace you were in when, you know, your partner April was, you know, going through a, an unknown uh, medical, you know, scenario or, you know, like anything like that. You don't, you don't get those interviews and those questions uh, on a, a radio interview. So I'm a, I'm a curious person. I like talking to people and I'm happy that you gave me your time tonight. Yeah, no problem, man. Like I said, always have me back and keep doing it because I really think people appreciate, you know, it, it'll reach the people who want to do the deep dive. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it definitely, definitely does. But yeah, check out Kulik's album. Currently out, Everyone I Know Will Die. He just released a remake of the song Colors from Yelling in a Quiet Neighborhood. All of his music is great. So I encourage you to go stream it on every uh, uh, streaming platform out there and check them out on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Kulik, thank you again for your time. It's always been a pleasure talking to you and I'll, you'll always be my first. <laughs> <laughs> Great ending. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you, buddy. All right, take care, man. Thanks. Yeah.